Well, good morning. That sounded all right. We'll do a little announcement to the Mass so I keep all the people in the front row safe here. It's all right. We want to welcome you to Parkside Bible Fellowship. We're excited that you're here. It's uh, these new new times. It's uh, the, the old normal is not and the new normal is now and we're here together and that's what counts. We want to encourage you, if you haven't done so, stop by the Welcome Center. If you're new to Parkside, maybe your first or your third or fourth time and they'll get you all the information you need come up and see any of us we'd love to see you about that do want to call your attention to the bulletin several things going on Uh, i was informed that sunday school kind of back to the old normal in a new way that's coming in september so stand by for notes on that also coming up in september is the labor day parade and we're going to hear from brianna here in a minute and so she'll give you more details but if you're interested Obviously, it's coming up next week, so like right now is a good time to volunteer, like maybe right after service, if you'd like. Also, Awanas is starting up. Lots and lots of details in here, and so we encourage you to read all of that. If you're interested in helping, or even at the highest level of supporting as far as organizationally, while the Lunderstats are taking a bit of a sabbatical, please get a hold of the office, Carl or Christy or stop by on Wednesday. They would love to hear from you. Uh, We're going to open the nursery up shortly. Again, we're going to hear from Brianna. So Brianna, come on up. So Brianna is really ready. We saw her over rehearsing what she was going to say just a minute ago. And so we're encouraged about that. I I told her I was going to tell a story about her on Thursday. So she's been thinking about that. And there's no need. You're all good. So no story. You're all right. So... (laughs) testing wonderful we're on okay well I was just gonna come up here and talk about nursery but Monty said I've got to talk about the parade also so I'll do that too um on September 7th it's Labor Day so we're having a parade uh, Parkside is doing a float and the July 4th one was really fun so I invite you to uh, give me a call my numbers in the bulletin come be involved in that it's really fun it goes by really fast and it's great to just be part of a community with Fallon but um, I'm really up here to announce that on the 20th, not only are we starting up uh, Sunday school, but we are also starting up nursery again. Don't all applaud at once. I'm very excited. You should also be very excited. Um, I'm really excited to have childcare back for the little, little ones, and um, I know I'm not the only one. But uh, in order to do that, we have to have certain uh, protocol and rules in place. We've always wanted the nursery to be a safe place for you to bring your little ones, and that is especially true now there's a virus going around. So um, we are going to be going over all those guidelines that we're putting in place together on the 13th. So if you are planning on being involved in nursery in any way, um, please tell me. That would be great to know. Um, But also, uh, please join us in the fellowship hall uh, Sunday the 13th before service at 9.15ish. There might even be food there. Who knows? Um, Anyway, uh, even if you're not involved in Uh, the parade or nursery at all please be praying for those ministries Uh, please pray that the lord would further the kingdom and spread his gospel and bring himself glory thank you so much brianna thank you so much good morning everyone 
And by the way, that is not a, uh, a third-rate ministry. You understand that? That's a first-rate ministry. These are our children. And we want you to be a part of that if you can do that. That'd be great. Please, let's stand together for the reading of God's Word and prayer, and then we'll get started with our singing time. It's good to see you all here this morning. In fact, uh, if you just bow your heads now and just even close your eyes if you want and listen to God's Word from Psalm 30. I will extol you, O Lord, for you have drawn me up and have not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried to you for help and you have healed me. O Lord, you have brought up my soul from Sheol. You restored me to life from among those who go down to the pit. Sing praises to the Lord, O you His saints, and give thanks to His holy name, for His anger is but for a moment, and His favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. Hear, O Lord, and be merciful to me. O Lord, be my helper, You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have loosed my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness that my glory may sing your praise and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. And thank you so much, Lord, for your word. Lord, we commit this service to you. We commit ourselves to you. Give us ears to hear. And help us to raise up a great praise unto your name, because you are worthy. We praise you, O Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's sing it out. Praise is rising, eyes are turning to you, we turn to you.
Please be seated. At this time, we'd like to ask Danny Clifford to come on up. And uh, today's um, missionary spotlight is a ministry spotlight, really, and in some cases, a missionary outreach. And uh, it's about Cowboys Rest. So, Danny, here we go. That would help. Uh, good morning. Actually, both of us are here to uh, invite you to Cowboys Rest Men's Retreat. Uh, September. Mike, Mike. Oh, you can't hear me? Okay. There you go. We're both here to invite you to Cowboys Rest Men's Retreat, September 11th through the 13th, uh, where there will be fast-flying clay pigeons, fantastic fishing, the bass fishing's been awesome. Fabulous fellowship and table fare and food for the soul. 
our guest speaker this year is Charlie McCall from His Hill Christian Bible School. And I think that's what Brennan's going to take over and talk about. He knows Charlie personally. Yeah, I'm uh, excited that Charlie is the speaker this year. I've known him since 1993 when I first went to His Hill Bible School. That's where my wife and I met. And so I've known Charlie a long time. And uh, particularly, um, I have been encouraged over the years by his uh, marital uh, advice, both before Steph and I were even dating, and then as we were dating, and then after we got married, I used to call Charlie and talk to him and uh, get advice from him. So I'm excited that he's going to be the speaker at Men's Retreat this year. I think that's uh, a great opportunity for us, and so I'm excited. Uh, Gabriel and I will be going to that, and uh, so we would invite you as well to uh, join us in that. I think it's going to be a, a great time. We always eat well. We always have fun. The fellowship is great, and I'm excited about our time that we're going to have in, uh, in God's Word as well. So we would invite you to that. Uh, we have no COVID there, so... Rest assured, you'll be fine. Uh, we're at 6,700 feet in the Ruby Mountains, and it's a, we're going to have a blast. Uh, I think the reigning trap shooting champion is Mike Green. I'm not sure if he's going or not, but uh, we have several from Fallon that have won through the year. So we have a blast, though, and get to study God's Word, too. Please pray for the board as we seek direction for the future of Cowboys Rest with all this that's going on. So we'd really appreciate that. Thanks for your time. Well, good morning, everyone. We're going to pray for Cowboys Rest, and we're going to pray for the men's retreat. That's a great ministry, and we at Parkside uh, have had a long history of supporting that ministry in various ways, more officially than than as of late than we did before. But nonetheless, we're all very thrilled about Cowboys Rest. We're going to pray for Cowboys Rest and the ministry that happens there. Let me update you just on a few matters of family business along the way. Uh, got an update from Christy Lunderstadt this morning about her son, Austin. I, I saw him Saturday night. He looks great. He's recovering very well. So praise God for that. Uh, I commented that uh, he didn't have a scratch on him until he lifted his shirt. And then we saw lots of scratches. <laughs> But anyway, he is recovering remarkably well, so that's a praise, and we're going to uh, pray for Austin. Um, <clears throat> my next-door neighbors, the, the Fredericks, they're actually out of town this, uh, this weekend. That's why they're not here this morning. But their daughter, Carly, I'm sure you guys know Carly, has, uh, has been diagnosed with a very strange de- disease, gastroparesis. And, it's, uh, and unless the Lord intervenes, she'll have it the rest of her life. And it prevents her from being able to keep food down at all. And so she's losing weight every day. And if you know Carly, you know, she's not like me. She, doesn't, she has no weight to lose. And anyway, we're going to pray for Carly it's, uh, and, the Fredericks fa- and the Frederick family. So that's a, that's a big part of who we are. Likewise, Joyce Hatfield, because many of you know Joyce, she's losing weight every day, but she's, uh, she's also much older, and they don't know why. She's going to go in for a pet, pet scan tomorrow. So we love Joyce, and we're going to pray for Joyce. We're going to pray for Cowboys Rest. So that's, uh, that's what we're going to do right now, but I encourage you to jot those things down and pray for them during the week. So let's, let's pray together. <clears throat> Father, thank you so much. Thank you for your love. Thank you for uh, saving us. Thank you for sending your son so that I could know you. Otherwise, I would be alone. Otherwise, I would be hopeless. Otherwise, I'd be frustrated, turning on everybody around me, desperately 
clawing at things that I think I need, none of which would make me happy, none of which would fulfill me. But that's not me. And that's not me because of your son. Lord Jesus, we praise you and we honor you this morning. Thank you for giving us life and not just life, but life more abundantly, life better than we would have ever had it otherwise. Father, uh, we honor you and we praise you this morning. Thank you for the chance to worship together. Thank you for the chance for our church body to come together and meet together and see each other and fellowship. Lord, I pray that you would protect us. I pray that uh, you would watch over us. I pray for this, this virus, Father, that, it would, that you would defeat it, that it would go away. That we, w- that we would not have to live under its uh, cloud, under its shadow, under its burden. Father, I pray that uh, you would please lift the COVID virus from among us. And uh, Lord, I'm grateful for what you've done in Austin's life, Austin Lunderstadt's body, in his heart, in his, uh, in his flesh, in his future. Lord, thank you for preserving his life. Lord, I pray that you would continue to work and bless Austin. And Lord Carly... Carly's in bad shape, Father. She's, uh, she's getting thin and, and uh, losing weight and, uh, every day. And Father, we love Carly Frederick. We pray that you would please heal her body and intervene and bless her as well as her whole family. Pray you bless John and Mandy and the boys, all three of them, and Carly. Lord, we pray you'd intervene and bless the Fredericks. And uh, Joyce, Joyce is... Uh, is a soldier on the front lines and has been for 50 years. Lord, we love Joyce. I admire Joyce. She's such an example to me of uh, perseverance and hard work and diligence and a commitment to the gospel. Lord, I I love Joyce. I pray that you would bless her. Lord, I pray that you would set aside any fears in her heart about illness. I pray that you would just heal her body and give her strength and vigor to serve her, to serve you, until the day you take her home someday. Father, I pray that you would bless Joyce and her husband as well. And uh, Father, finally, this morning, we think about Cowboys Rest and what a great ministry that is, what a great ministry that has been to so many people and how you have used it to touch the hearts of, of many, many people, especially young people, and to introduce them to the gospel, to introduce them to you. Father, I pray for the future of Cowboys Rest um, that you would give them wisdom about how they should come, uh, how, what measures they should put in place regarding this virus, how they can, how they should responsibly protect the children of others. There's a, a great burden of responsibility there, Lord. And Lord, we don't want to sacrifice your work for fear of illness, uh, but by the same token, we have responsibilities. Lord, I pray that you'd bless the board at Cowboys Rest and give them wisdom on knowing how to proceed, when to proceed, whether to proceed, in which ways. There's a hundred questions. Lord, uh, that is your ministry, and we want it to bear much fruit. We don't want to give up on Cowboys Rest. Lord, I pray that you would move there, that you would preserve, and that you would continue to do your work in the hearts of all that visit. And Lord, this morning, uh, this morning we are here in your house, and we submit our hearts. We submit, we bow our heads And uh, we anticipate you speaking. Lord, we are eager to hear what you say to us through your word. And uh, and Lord, I pray that we would embrace um, anything you have to say to us today. In Jesus' name, amen.
technical issues here. There we go. <laughs> if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, <clears throat> this next song is really uh, one of the best songs uh, for a testimony. There's really nothing else to add to it. Um, this should be our, our testimony, this kind of a song. So let's stand and let's sing it together. All I have is Christ. I once was lost in darkest night, yet thought I knew.
And at this time, our children, uh, preschool uh, unto uh, second graders are dismissed for Children's Church. Okay, uh, let's get started with a word of prayer. Join me, please. Thank you, Lord, for our time together now in uh, the pro- proclamation of your word. And uh, help us, Lord, to have uh, a soft heart, a welcoming heart, an eager and hungry heart to take in what you have for us. And be glorified, we pray. Thank you again for this opportunity we have. We praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, it's a joy to be here uh, with you to open up God's Word. And um, this day and the next three, uh, two Sundays after following, we're going to be doing this series on Psalm 1. And um, I want to encourage you to just read it and let it sink in. And... Um, uh, this is the uh, the opening chapter to this treasure trove of scripture for so many of us the book of psalms is a is like a favorite and uh here in this opening chapter is presented to us the uh, god's declaration of true blessing and uh just a few opening observations as we do a little introduction to this. We're not really told who wrote the psalm. Um, It's labeled as a beatitude. One of the psalm's uh, beatitudes uh, due to its uh, starting here. How blessed is the man. And uh, we could divide this chapter, chapter, uh, Psalm 1, into two main sections. uh, Verses 1 through 3, the way of life. And uh, that the righteous will prosper. And then verses 4 through 6, really the way of doom, destruction, the ungodly will perish. And looking deeper into this opening verse that we want to consider, that's what we're going to look at here this morning is verse 1. Looking deeper into this opening verse causes us to honestly ask Who can really live this way in its entirety? Can you? (laughs) I know I've failed in it. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. We can look at different Bible characters uh, in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, etc. They fell short. But the only one who was and is, is Jesus. Jesus is the blessed one. He is the blessed one. 
And we who have made profession of faith in Christ are to become increasingly like him. Another very clear truth from Psalm 1 is it leaves no middle ground. No no other category of life. There's only one or the other way of life. And that's what we see throughout Scripture. According to Psalm 1 and many other passages, you're either in one camp or the other. Either on one path or the other. There's no other choice. There's no other option. It's either you're of the godly line or the ungodly. The righteous or the wicked. And that just goes against how we've grown up in our uh, polytheism. Oh, there's all sorts of ways, you know. But the scripture is clear. You're either in the, the, the camp of the righteous or in the wicked. All throughout Scripture, we find that emphasis, especially in the New Testament. Think about it. Uh, Life or death. Light or darkness. Sheep or goats. Truth or error. Blessed or cursed. The wide way or the narrow way. Either a person is saved and sustained by God's grace or perishing without it. And they can be the nicest person around. Yet without God's grace, active in their life, they're perishing. They're on the way to separation from God and, and, and death. Psalm 1 teaches that the righteous will prosper and will be blessed. Do you like that message? Oh, we like that. Yeah, let's get into the good stuff now. Blessing. Aren't you glad? Don't you want to be happy in life? It, you know, we all like that. We all want to be happy in life, right? <laughs> it's really the goal of most all of humanity. <laughs> and yet for most people, it is still the missing element in their lives. And it gets right down to it. It's what's missing in their lives. Because people search for that happiness factor without God's help and without God's guidance. And so as we... Consider this. I want to just mention this to you. Just ask yourself this question throughout the week. And ask your loved ones this question. What is it that makes you happy? And so with that introduction, let's read the whole chapter, Psalm 1. Follow along as I read. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers the wicked are not so but are like chaff that the wind drives away therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous for the lord knows the way of the righteous but the way of the wicked will perish 
So you have an outline in your bulletin. If you'd like to follow along with that, let's do it. These blessings are ours in Christ because of, number one, the goodness of God. Simply state it. It's because of the goodness of God. And letter A, it's His gracious provision for believers. Verse 1 starts out by saying, Blessed is the man. Jot down Psalm 31, verse 19, where it says, Oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast stored up for those who fear thee, which thou hast wrought for those who take refuge in thee. It's out of God's goodness and out of God's grace that believers in Jesus Christ enjoy, get this, extravagant blessings. A multitude of blessings every day. And yet we let them slip by. We don't credit them as blessings. But it's an outpouring, an extravagance of blessings that are yours in Christ. That phrase that begins verse 1, Oh, how blessed, we could say. Or we could say, Oh, how very blessed. Oh, how very happy is the man. Because it's in the plural in this, in this first verse. It's in the plural. And for, that's getting at the emphasis it's putting on this opening phrase. Oh, how very blessed this person is. Really pointing to a person's spiritual happiness is what the idea of blessing is. Spiritual contentment. Spiritual peace of mind. These are um, ways in which to describe blessing. It's the pathway of life from the Lord telling us about blessing, which is much more genuine and lasting than all the stuff that the world offers us. Just, again, today, and through this week, hopefully, let's be reminded of all the blessings. And you start with something so simple as your next breath. Do you understand that's a blessing from God? It's not because of evolution. It's not because, you know, we've evolved to be, you know, healthy, you know, strong creatures. It's because of God. My times or your times are in his hands. (laughs) I get a next breath, Lord willing. You get a next. That's a blessing from God. So many ways in which to look at it. All these blessings All these different categories of blessings are ours. All because of, listen, all because of one ultimate blessing. (laughs) Jesus Christ in my life. That's what it's from. If you're a believer, Jesus Christ in your life. Can you say that he's my Lord and Savior? His word is the word of God given to show me who he really is and what he has done and continues to do. The Bible's message is all about God and his plan of salvation through Jesus Christ. And it's calling you, the message of the Bible calling you to admit your sin, confess it, turn from it, and turn to faith in Jesus Christ. 
to be reconciled, to be made right with your Father in heaven, with God Almighty. This is the ultimate blessing, knowing Jesus as my Lord and Savior. That Jesus came to save, rescue, and reconcile sinners. Saving guilty sinners from what? Just a miserable life? Saving guilty sinners from, no, the wrath of God. Those who place faith in Jesus alone will be saved and they'll live forever with Him in eternity. That's the ultimate blessing. That's the, the pinnacle of it. That's the mountaintop of it. There's no greater blessing than to know God through faith in Jesus Christ. And, you know, being churchgoers, being church, you know, in attendance at church, that, that becomes kind of like, yeah, that's the, right, that's the right statement. Well, if that's how we're thinking, shame on us. Because we're not exalting Christ. We're not living, you know, in my, making much of Him in our lives. We're making mo- much of ourselves or something else in our lives if we don't have that exalted view of who Jesus Christ is and what He's done. So, it's all because of totally undeserved favor, of being forgiven, of having Christ's righteousness put to my account. Therefore, having been justified by faith, I now have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And now I'm able to say as a believer, with the greatest confidence that there is, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I have... And you, as a Christian, you have the greatest treasure, the most ultimate blessing ever, ever given. And that's just the start. Okay? How blessed is the man. However, before we move on to the next phrase, letter B... We need to understand the persuasions of this culture. The persuasions of this culture. Where really life is all about what? Going for the gusto. Getting what you can while the getting's good. And proving for many, many centuries that we've done it all without God's help, without even bothering with God. Because who wants to be, an account- who wants to be accountable to uh, some divine being. I mean, we are independent creatures, right? That's the persuasion of the world's mindset. It all comes back down to that business of, uh, you know, how are you going to attain your happiness? What are you going to pursue uh, you know, for happiness in your life? And so much of this is the world's counsel. Get what you can get. Live for yourself. Okay? And it happens in almost every aspect of life. You know, think of, think of all the people that have made their living on being an expert in counseling. You know, uh, back in the day when you could hold a newspaper, you could read Dear Abby. She wasn't evil, was she? 
No, she was a, oh, you know, gave good counsel and all that, right? And now, we, you know, from there you kind of hear about the, the ones that, I guess they've come and gone. Uh, I put down this list and realized they've come and gone. Phil Donahue. Dr. Phil. Dr. Laura. Oprah. You know, here are, you know, they can be wonderful people in our estimation. And yet, what's, what's their counsel? It's really about you. That's what the main feature is of their counsel. And moving on from that, in our day and age now, it's really about stuff online. What you can get online. The counsel that you can get online. Podcasts, blogs, video blog. What, what do you call that? Vlogs? I don't know what it all is. I didn't grow up with a whole lot of it, but all sorts of stuff. And I can do it, by the way, without anyone watching me. That's dangerous. The counsel of this world ends up being very pervasive and it's relentless. It's just ongoing. And we have to say worldly advice and worldly counsel as defined in the word of God is contrary to God's purposes. You might, you know, kind of get into critiquing that and say, no, but here's this and, and this. That's okay stuff. Well, I'm not going to get into details. Just in a general sense, the counsel of the world is contrary to God's ways. So... You know, even it just it leads in this direction. It gets in the flow of the the way of the culture. I did it my way. You know, Frank Sinatra or whoever sang it. As believers, we must have our minds geared to think according to the word more and more and more. We need discernment in these days. We, even if we were, you know, 300 years prior, we'd still need discernment because the ways of the world have always been around. So this idea of worldliness, which we'll probably touch on a number of times here, is and will continue to be a real danger to the believer and to the church of Jesus Christ. We can do well by turning the TV off more and get off our smartphones or our iPads or whatever. We're all too, way too dependent on those things. I want to share with you something I just heard recently um, from, uh, in a message of a quote from Pastor Ian Murray. He gives an excellent definition of worldliness. Here it is. Worldliness is departing from God. It is a man-centered way of thinking. It judges the importance of things by present and material results. It weighs success by numbers. It covets human esteem and wants no unpopularity. It knows no truth for which it is worth suffering. It adopts idols and really is at war with God. You have trouble with that definition uh, 
that's probably a good thing. That might mean there's conviction that needs to take place over how we're thinking. And so, doing life without God's counsel, without God's word, without God's ways, ends up being just temporary, fleeting, empty efforts. You say, oh, but think of all the good things that people have done in giving charity unto people in Africa or whatever. Yeah, that's good. That's important. But is that giving glory to God? And Christian, you and I are called to that. Whatsoever you do, right? Not just this part of this week, not just this part of my life, but in whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, give glory to God. So, we move on. Number two, we need the guidance of God. The guidance of God is given out plain and simple. Here's the next phrase. How blessed is the man who, what? Does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. He does not stand in the path of sinners. He does not sit in the seat of the scoffers. It seems kind of strange. You know, the opening chapter of Psalms, why start with this negative instruction for God's blessing? I start with such negative steps, kind of like a negative slant on it. Well, we can understand better when we consider and identify the true condition of the world we live in. The world we live in is evil. The world we live in is against God and His ways. So, there's all sorts of beguiling, deceiving beliefs, theories, and offers out there. So, God's children are told... Do not walk, do not stand, do not sit in these ways. All serving as letter A in, in the outline, safeguards for our witness. That's why he starts with the negative. Here's safeguards for our witness, for our testimony. I don't know, I've never been on a cruise boat Um but I like the idea of, if I ever were, that there would be guardrails on, sa- on that boat. Especially in high, stormy seas out in the ocean. I get to hold on to those guardrails and appreciate the majesty of the ocean. Whoa! But, but without the guardrails, I'd be locked in my cabin saying, nope, not going to deal with that out there. Well, that's the idea here. You know, on that cruise ship, no one's complaining about the the guardrails. I don't like the guardrails. No, they like the guardrails. Keeps you kind of safe and secure. God has given us guardrails for keeping clear of this slippery slope that's mentioned here with the ways of the world. Time and time again, God has told his children throughout the Bible, as the children of Israel moved on from the bondage, uh, their bondage in Egypt and into the wilderness and onto the promised land, many times over, he tells them, don't go after the idols of other nations. Don't take on their customs. Don't intermarry with other people from other nations. Because they're godless. 
We are called by God to avoid, to stay away from it. And so we go back to this downward spiral again. Do not walk in the counsel of the wicked. Walking is likened to just going along in some direction. Hey, let's go for a walk. We walk and walk, walk, walk. It's going along in, in that way. And mostly in this context, in agreement with thinking about, well, yeah, those, those, that counsel is interesting to consider. But then it goes on to saying, do not stand in the path of sinners. Standing is likened to starting to take a position among those whose behavior is now more openly sinful. Don't stand in the path of sinners. And then do not sit in the seat of scoffers. To sit is being much more settled now. I'm more comfortable with who I'm sitting with. And so, this is, these are the safeguards for our witness, for your Christian walk. And letter B, it's to avoid conformity to this world. So God expects us to avoid the world's counsel and the world's influences. These things can easily lead to more acts of compromise in our lives if we're not careful. And allow me to remind us again of the many times God called upon His people. Keep yourselves from these ways of the other nations. I want you to recall in your mind, we're not going to look them up, but once Israel got into the land, they eventually were crying out to prophet Samuel. What, what were they asking for? We want a king, just like what? Just like the other nations. Well, they got a king. And it was rather a, 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 a big failure with King Saul. He was popular. He was handsome. He, he had a great appearance. He looked good. <laughs> and then David, the man after God's own heart. But then they got the wisest king ever, King Solomon. You'd think, we got it now. No, they didn't. The people of Israel had the wisest king ever. However, he compromised over and over again by adding more women to his life. (laughs) Marrying women from other lands and introducing, oh, by the way, all sorts of new idols to Israel. There's an example of compromise and world starts being worldly. So, brothers and sisters in Christ, are we on the alert here? Are we aware? Are we discerning? Not for somebody else, but for yourself. Are you aware? Are you discerning in this way? And as uh, what we're talking about is not only this slippery slope, but I would say it's a very subtle Slippery slope. All of this calls you and I to mature, to grow up. If you're a believer, that's what God's design is for you. To be a child and move on to adulthood. Is that what's happening? Ephesians 4 verse 14 says, 
that we no longer be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by trickery of men, by craftiness in deceitful scheming. That's what the world's done. It offers that, here's something that looks really good, but it's actually very dangerous for us. It's not going to help us to grow in godliness. And that's our next point, number three, our growth in godliness. It's simply brought about by and sustained by God's grace. It's not because you're determined. You need to be determined. But the growth factor comes because of the life of Christ in you. Growth is God's very design for his children. As with physical life, so it is with spiritual life. Can you say you're growing in the things of the Lord? Or is it just kind of in neutral? Which is a contradictory term. If you're in neutral, what's really going on? You're not moving forward. You're not continuing to say, Lord, work on my heart. That's why I said at the beginning, no one has made it with this opening verse. No one. Everyone at some point or another has gone into the counsel of the ungodly in, in our lives, in our practice. And even standing in the way of sinners or in the path of sinners, not in the way. Because really that phrase, standing in the path of sinners, is like, you know, standing there, I'm, I'm with them. Or sitting in the seat of scoffers. God forbid that we get that far. But that's the slippery slope that Scripture tells us of. So growth should be happening. And letter A, it really it all starts at conversion, at true conversion, where conversion really is a picture of faith and repentance. True saving faith and repentance will be evidenced by Turning from old life. Turning from the old life. (laughs) And turning uh, to God's will and His ways for living. Turning to Him. To Jesus. Turn to Jesus, right? Mark down 1 Thessalonians 1, 9 and 10. 1 Thessalonians 1, 9 and 10. They themselves report about us what kind of reception we had with you and how you, the Thessalonians... How you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. So we're to forsake the old life. Count ourselves as dead to the old ways, the old man. And letter B, it continues with consecration. Or we can say sanctification. That's what we, it starts, growth starts at conversion. There's new life. And then it continues with this issue of consecration. Consecration is the devoting and setting apart of anything to the worship and service of God. Yourselves. That's the first priority in consecration. Your belongings. You commit yourself and your belongings to God. Consecration of your belongings. Not too long ago we had uh, uh, an individual want to commit and dedicate their new home to the Lord. That was great. We'd never kind of done that kind of a thing before, but hey, this is what Scripture teaches, especially mentioning in the Old Testament, committing their, their belongings, 
you know, committing their, their uh, animals to God. And then in the New Testament, Christians are regarded as being consecrated to the Lord. It's our position in Christ. Because of Jesus, we are consecrated. Mark down First uh, Peter chapter 2, verse 9. You are a chosen race, you're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So it should also be our practice, not just our position. Are you and I, are we making it a practice to consecrate, to dedicate ourselves to his service? And again, so many of us, you know, we've heard this before. It's not a big deal. Or is it? I think it is. And we grow familiar with these kind of things, and therefore it's not very personal anymore. Daily submitting to Him as His own possession Christian, you are God's possession. You're owned by Him. <laughs> Let's submit to Him. Dedicating ourselves to be used for His honor and glory. I'm going to mention a couple of verses here also. Uh, Romans 13, verse 14. Romans 13, verse 14. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. Ephesians 4, 17 through 20. Ephesians 4, 17 through 20. This I say and affirm together with the Lord. I, I think that's an incredible statement there by Paul to the Ephesian church. He's saying, this I affirm with the Lord. He's in agreement with the Lord that you no longer walk just as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their minds being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance of that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart. They've given themselves over to sensuality, to practice every kind of impurity. And then he says, but you, Christian, you did not learn Christ in this way. What's behind the term learn? Things that you're taking into your mind. What you're thinking. What you're receiving. And so, this is all for the growth in godliness. Starts at conversion. Continues with consecration. And let us see. It all results in Christ-likeness. For a person to be truly like Christ, the mind must be renewed. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. God wants to do that. But are you active in that way? Are you active in renewing your mind? It doesn't just happen because you're a believer. You have to exercise yourself in this way of being in the Word so that the Holy Spirit can take that which is His and transform your life. 
the renewing of your mind. Romans chapter 8, verse 6. The mind that is set on the Spirit is life and peace. Colossians chapter 3, verse 2. Set your mind on things above where Christ is, not on things that are on earth. Isaiah 26, 3 and 4. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in you. And then Jesus, one of Jesus' great statements, Matthew 22. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and your mind, your soul and your mind. How am I loving God in my mind? How are you loving God in your mind this week? The mind must be reformed. And thus the behavior will be reformed. Your behavior. And that's all due to the Spirit's work who gave you life in Christ. As our minds are informed with the Word of God, the Holy Spirit will reform your behavior and turn you from those idols to God. And don't don't go back, you know, centuries ago thinking, well, I don't have any idols. I don't have those carved little weird things. Your heart is... I believe it's John Calvin said, your heart is a idol factory. And so therefore we need to knock those down, kick them out, and lift up Christ alone. And when we do that, we need to say again and again, thank you God for your grace that helps me walk in your way And learn to love you and obey you. So, this is the start of this little mini-series. We're going to take next week and look at the next couple of verses. And then uh, on the 13th of September, we'll look at the last portion of Psalm 1. But friends, what we have here is this pathway of God's blessing. I don't know of anyone that says, ah, I'm not interested. Because God's blessing is true, genuine, authentic blessing. (laughs) But we need to understand that on that pathway, behind the scenes, there's an ongoing battle for the mind. It's a battle going on all the time. You can be a Christian for... How many years? 90? 100? Close to it. (laughs) You can be a Christian for a long, long time. And guess what? The battle's still going on. The battle for your mind is still going on. And it's back to this slippery slope. Listen, we're almost done. This slippery slope is where it starts. And it starts with the counsel of the ungodly. It doesn't jump to sitting in a seat as a scoffer. It starts right there. Watch out for the counsel, the way you think, 
about the things of life. What is your worldview? I've got glasses on. I, I have a perspective that I can actually read. What are the glasses that you wear for life? What's going on? How do you perceive life? Is it all, I'm, I'm the king and I'm on my throne? Sometimes I live that way. God forgive me. God have mercy on us when we live that way. Am I walking in the counsel of the wicked at any moment, at any time? For that is the very initial place of entrapment. I get to thinking like, it is, yeah, it's about me. Come on, don't you see that? (laughs) So we need to examine how we think. Examine how you think about God and who He really is. Examine how you think about yourself and who you are according to the Bible. Examine things, uh, how you think about your family. It's really easy to just downgrade your own loved ones because they're not paying attention to you as, as king of, your, of, of all. <laughs> wrong thinking leads to wrong behavior. And that's why we bring in family. You're, it's about your behavior towards your family, your loved ones. Examine how you think about your priorities, your finances, your future, the company you keep, your habits, your pleasures, your entertainment. So ask God to help you. We are, so, we are dependent people. But we've grown up thinking that I, I, am, I have got this. I'm okay. I, I really have this together. No, you don't. We're still so dependent on it. So ask God for His wisdom to realize more and more the truth that's found in 1 Corinthians, 12, uh, 1, 1 Corinthians 2, that believers truly possess the mind of Christ. You possess the mind of Christ being a child of God. That doesn't mean you get to interpret that on your own. You've got to have the scriptures to lead you and guide you in understanding what that's all about. And then, not only ask God to help you realize that truth, but then activate that mindset in all areas of your life so that whatever you do, whether you eat or drink. In whatever you do, you do it, parentheses, do it and think, uh, think it and do it. That's how we do it. We think it and do it for the glory of God. To God be the glory. Let's pray. We thank you, Lord, that you are the one true God. We bow here right now in closing to say thank you. And Lord, help us throughout this day to turn and count our blessings and to thank you for the guardrails that you've uh, instructed us with to walk by, to live by. Lord, uh, you, you told us in this world we will have tribulation. There is trouble all around. 
And Lord, help us to rejoice in what you have promised. You've promised us your peace and purpose for life. Help us, Lord, to shine brightly for you in this dark, dark world. Lord, we praise you. Thank you for our time. In Jesus' name. And now, to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. We'll have a couple up front here to uh, pray with you if you need that. And uh, God bless you. He has. Let's rejoice in that And as we go. Thank you so much. You're dismissed.